Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Craig Doyle and this is Rugby Tonight podcast. We look back on the Aviva Premiership semi-finals and ahead to this week's final in the company of Jacques Berger, Ben Ryan, Alex Gray and Andrew Ridgely. Yeah, that Andrew Ridgely. It was our 100th show. Oh, Jacques, I'm going to miss your big old smiling face when you go, you know. I'm going to miss you guys as well. <laughs> you've really had a good time, haven't you? I mean, you've just loved this premiership career you've had, haven't you? I have, I have. Um, I've said this a while ago. I mean, um, I was at a couple of clubs before I joined, uh, joined Saracens, and coming to the premiership, I really felt like I found a home, you know, and um, I've enjoyed every bit, and um, it's, it's a great competition. It's one of the toughest ones, I think, in the one of the most competitive ones around, and... To be involved with it for so long, um, I was truly blessed. Um, really enjoyed my time. I'd imagine the highlight has to be winning your first bit of silverware with Saracens. It was such a big deal, wasn't it? You know, Nigel Ray there in tears. Wonderful moment in Twickenham all those years ago, wasn't it? It was, it was. Especially the year before when we lost, um, we lost to Leicester that close. And the win then, actually winning the one was, um, was incredible. You know, and there's been a couple since, so it's been... It's been a great time. Yeah, you weren't involved in this great moment, but winning the European Cup was absolutely fantastic. Well-deserved, too. You're at the ground. What was your experience like? Um, yeah, it was a weird one. You know, as soon as the guys run out and play, um, you're very excited. And it was nice. I had a beer in my hand, so I was relaxing. And uh, as soon as the guys ran out, I thought, wow, I'd love to be out there and play with the boys. But I was extremely proud of the club, you know, on this whole journey. And... and we missed out a couple of years uh, narrowly, and you know, and to to come and, and win it now was was great, you know. And I never felt I wasn't part of this group, which was which was great, you know. And it, I really celebrated hard with the boys, and we really had fun. Jack, on the pitch, we've seen you. You're kind of a tough guy. We've got to know you a little bit off the pitch. You're quite a soft, cuddly guy, really deep down. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> your final match for Saracens, you walked out in the pitch with your family. We were quite emotional watching it. Give us an insight into your mind. What was that like? <coughs> uh, it's a lot of emotions. Uh, I mean. It's, it's pretty hard to describe, you know. I, I, I thought I was going to shed a little bit of a tear there, saw my, my little boy and my little girl. Um, and that was, that was special. You know, they won't remember it, but I always remember taking them out in my last match and, and sharing it with them. Amelia said afterwards she didn't have a lot of fun, but um, I surely had fun, so it was great having them there. And what's it like that moment when you come off and you go, that's the last time I do this? It's weird, it's weird. It's, um, it's something that I love doing, you know, I think some of the guys step away from the game and the trans transition is quite easy. Um, 
for me, it's something that I really enjoyed and I really loved doing. Um, it's something I felt I should have done my whole life. And to step away at 32 years of age and, and be retired is, is quite a weird one. Now you're going to step into the next chapter. But at the same time, I'm very excited. You know, I'm grateful for whatever I've, I've got through the club. Saracen has been great for me. Um, the support throughout England has been incredible, you know, and you guys as well. Every weekend, it's been, it's been great. So it's time for that next, cha next chapter. And I'm, I'm going to put all my passion I had in rugby, put it into that and hopefully make success. So to say 32. 32. I look, no I look 52, I know. <laughs> no I mean, <laughs> that's um, what you guys did to me, so. Let's talk about the next step of your life. You're moving back home to Namibia. You've got a huge farm there. Before that, though, some serious charity work. What's happening? Yeah, so um, we decided to, um, a couple of years ago, we got involved with the charity Space for Giants um, and uh, with working with elephants, or not working with them, trying to save some of them and, and try to preserve them. And we, we, we decided, listen, let's do something special. Let's go and climb Mount Kenya and um, kind of raise awareness and... and, and Get some, uh, get some money together and trying to save these special animals. You know, uh, I want my kids to be able to see them one day. And I think most people around here would agree they're quite, quite uh, special animals. So we're trying to get going up Mount Kenya with a couple of Saracens boys. It's going to be a tough climb, but um, it's going to be a, it's been a great event, I think. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to reflect for a moment, if you don't mind, on the first of the semi-finals over the course of the weekend. It was up at Allianz Park. Leicester Tigers were the visitors. And there were we guys thinking that maybe Saracens would be suffering a little bit from all the celebration of lifting the European Cup last weekend. Um, that certainly wasn't the case, Ben. They were outstanding again this weekend. Oh, they were. They were helped a little bit by some of Leicester's mistakes. But what I loved, we, we spoke uh, mid-commentary to Alex Sanderson, the coach, and he said... Well, we asked him, you know, we, was this your game plan? He said, no, it wasn't our game plan. We, we wanted it to be a little bit tighter than this, but Leicester have come to play this way, so we'll take them on at that game, we'll beat them that way. And boy, did they beat them. So it, that was a real statement of intent, actually, because we always bracket Saracens as a team that plays a certain style of rugby, and that's, if you can knock them off that, you've got a chance of beating them. Well, they proved in the semi-final, we'll, we'll beat you any way that we can play you. Uh, the reservation I have is the point you made about backing up from last week. I wasn't worried about them last weekend because if you've had that big win you can sort of get together and you say look we can't afford to go out and have a lacklustre display but often that emotional energy catches up with you too the week afterwards and having thought oh, everything's okay we've blitzed Leicester it's very very difficult to get that motivation up again but you know if anyone can it's Saracens with their team ethic at the moment. Is that a worry for you as players? Um, it is, it is. I think um, you can't have that pick-and-choose mentality. Obviously, there's another cup to win. Um, for me, I think the physical part of it is, is the tougher thing. I think um, yeah. being in a final is massively physically demanding for the guys, and they put a hell of a shift on, in the final, and another one this weekend, you know. So this is going to be a tough one, you know. You've got the, you've got the um, holiday in sight, you know, and you, it, you're so close to winning a cup, and you've worked already so hard. You've, you've already got a trophy at, the, at home, so it's a, it's a strange one. And Exeter, uh, I know mugs, you know, they're going to come out and play. So we're going to make sure we, um, we absolutely up for it. But I'm sure we will be. I'm sure we will be. Concerns for Eddie Jones. We saw um, Manu limp off, pulled hamstring. And, and his, the look on his face wasn't good, was it? Yeah, Eddie Jones has got problems, I, not only I, in his selection, but also with some of the injuries. I can't believe he'd want to rush him back because, you know, Eddie Jones sees Manu Tuolagi as a big part of his plans. He hasn't had that much game time. We know that, but let him have a, a, a pre-season to get ready and, and ease himself in rather than try and rush him back and throw him into three tests against Australia. That's a, that's a big ask for someone who's not 100% fit. Who do they call in if Manu doesn't go? Well, Luther Burrell. Well, I think maybe Sam Hill or um, I think maybe Malander. I know it's a bit left field, but there's been a few left fields in the squad. I think we'll have a little bit of a chat about it later on maybe, but 
Malander, for me, is a player that could really fill a squad role, and uh, maybe we'd see him. Okay, uh, Ben, you, you spoke about Leicester being architects of their own downfall. In what way? What did you? What did you say? Well, they just did exactly the same as they did in their last semi-final, which was to make a huge number of handling errors and, and also some bad decision-making. They just gave opportunities, because they were trying to play from everywhere, they, they started it in the first minute of the game, they were just throwing passes when perhaps they weren't 100% on. I think a little bit, you know, in Leicester's development at the moment, with Aaron Major coming in, they're trying to get to a more super rugby style of, uh, of game. And, you know, it's difficult to do that in the high-pressure semi-final games. As they go through the months of doing it next year, they will get more accurate. Um, but, you know, I think they would have all been pretty disappointed with both their semi-final Yeah, but two semi-finals, I guess, in what they were talking about being a transition season isn't too bad, is it, I guess? No, it's not. And they look like a side, actually, that had a few weeks off, whereas Sarries have had high-intensity games week after week. And it shows when you're on the field. Players don't dive on the ball when it's a 50-50. They don't chase back with the same sort of vigour. And really, that's the difference between the two sides. And, admittedly, Sarries have got that mindset now that they are champions. Uh, we're going to talk sevens now, if you don't mind. Alex, we're going to talk about the Great Britain team and the upcoming Olympics in just a moment. But Ben Ryan, your journey to Fiji and being the, the sevens guru in Fiji, the home, real home. I know it was invented in Scotland, but Fiji's become the real home of sevens. is an incredible one. Just tell everyone at home how you ended up over there. What was it like when you arrived? Oh, crikey. Well, that's a long story, I guess. But, you know, 48 hours on a, on a flight ended up um, to a Fijian banquet that we sat down at midnight with a board. Um, and then from there, it went on a journey. You know, I, I didn't get paid for six months. They went bankrupt. Uh, and then we just took this team through the last two years where they've been reigning supreme. They're amazing athletes. It's a beautiful country, and they are crazy about sevens. Just to give some background, you'd been with the England sevens team, which yeah. was quite a formal kind of setup, you know, backed <laughs> by the RFU. And you go over there, and you've got this, I'd imagine, quite a, a loose setup. No disrespect to anyone yeah. over there. How, I mean, just how different was it? So our sports science department is split into the green coconuts after training and the brown coconuts before training, you know, and, and we have very basic stuff compared with, you know, the big machine that's behind the RFU. But what we had was just a, a playing population that are just crazy. Like 10% of the whole population in Fiji are registered members of clubs that play. So it's, um, it's a national pride at stake. And I got boys that work in the hotels or prison wardens. And then if they had come to me for training, national service. So they have to come and they have to play. Uh, and, and so, you know, to have that sort of around the team, that, that passion around the team, um, there's a pressure on them to win every game. It doesn't matter if we've got no money and we haven't got any resources. The expectation from the prime minister down, who's my boss, is you win every game. And, you know, they've been doing pretty well. A funny old weekend for them at the, yeah. the London Stevens, but still world champions. Scotland, though, Alex Gray, you know, out of the blue, really, you would have thought, but they won the, the London Sevens. Incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how Sevens is going at the minute. Um, and it's obviously fantastic going forward into the Olympics. Uh, so Scotland won the last one, and the last two winners were uh, Samoa and Kenya. So, I mean, on any day, anybody can take it, um, which is it's great for the game, I think, and for spectators as well. And they loved it as well. Huge oh. celebrations, because it was kind of out of the blue, in fairness to them. Only five of them in the GB team are the squad for the upcoming Olympics. But actually, that's probably not so bad, considering the ranking going into it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, they performed very well that weekend. Um, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion on, on who should be in the squad or, or who shouldn't. But I guess uh, it's time now to move on with, with who's been selected and, um, you know, really get the hard work, hard work down in, on, the, on the pitch and, you know, give Team GB the best chance possible. 
Are you surprised, are you grateful, perhaps, that they haven't filled the GB7 squad for the Olympics with just the quickest Premiership players they could find? They've made it very much a, a sevens specialist squad, haven't they? Yeah, I think if you speak to you know, most people involved in the sevens game now, and you know, Ben will probably advocate this, the games are kind of going two ways. Um, you know, and you know, we've seen that a couple of a couple of the big name 15s boys haven't quite maybe found it as easy as they thought. Um, you know, and you know, that's kind of testament to the sevens game, I think. Um, you know, and I think the boys who've, who've done it well, you know, like Sonny Williams, who's dedicated a year to, to try and get himself a spot in that team, is, is the right way to do it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a little bit thankful that they haven't tried to fill all the spots with 15s players, you know, personally. Um, but a, a good blend is, is what you need, I think. It's amazing how the Olympics, though, has just upped it. And you have the likes of Jared Hayne giving up, you know, a career with the San Francisco 49ers yeah. to come and play with you in Fiji. And, you know, long settle-in period, you know, it's, it's tough for him. He's not just going to swan in there, is he? No, I mean, I think... Being honest, that runway's too short for him in the, the time frame we've got for the Olympics. And he's not just coming into a, a, a national team, he's coming into the best team in the world. And, you know, we've got boys back on the island that do everything for the shirt to get in. So we're a bit different. We've got the best Fijians playing rugby on the planet. We'll play in our sevens team because our 15-a-side boys, they, sevens is in their blood. So Josh Tuasova from Toulon, you know, the, the bus, as they call him, 108 kilograms, 9% body fat. <laughs> Or Leone Nakarawa, they call him the human lamppost. And he's there at 126 kilograms, throwing his weight around the sevens field. Those guys transition brilliantly, and we're lucky that in Fiji, they're the only country probably that we can go from 15s to sevens without thinking like so The two lads behind you going, We're, we have the same body fat. No, he said nine, not 90. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the whole seven series basically you travel around you travel around the world scotland the winners in london but this is how it finished up for you guys fiji the winners at the end because they needed to get eight points you need to get eight yeah. points from from the weekend and uh, you know good results and, and, and a great way to go into the olympics but away from that for a moment you're working with loughborough at the moment aren't you the side yeah. side tell us tell us all about that ben yeah, well, I'm ex-alumni from Loughborough, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm going back there to help some of the, um, share my experience, I guess, around the leadership and the journey I've had with Fiji, because it's polar opposites, what's happened in England and Fiji, and I've uh, learnt so much from the last two, three years, and all the shortcomings that I had as England coach and, and the, the path I'm on, so no, I mean, Fiji's been the best thing that's ever happened to me, I'm so grateful for it, and... I'm starting to share that story with a few other people now. My favourite quote from you, though, is saying that you are truly the only ginger man in Fiji. Is this, this is, well, yeah, this is absolutely true, but Ed Sheeran was here, was in, on Fiji two weeks ago, and they all said that he was my son. Uh, <laughs> and Ed Sheeran, obviously, hadn't known me from Adam, so uh, he was a bit... He was a bit um, put off by the fact that there was another ginger <laughs> on the island that might have a higher ranking for, by him. But, you take yeah. the tan well for it, actually. Well, you know? That's you're booking the trend for you, there. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best of luck with everything. Great to have you Alex. Maca. Best of luck with the Olympics and wish all the lads in the GB squad our best of luck as well. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Well done, Alex. this weekend then so by late Saturday afternoon Saracens had already booked their place in the final with that emphatic win over the Tigers so next up it was Exeter and Wasps turn huge congratulations to Exeter and a big thank you to the fans from Wasps and the Chiefs down there because it was a most wonderful wonderful day down there Oz wasn't it yeah it really was you felt the emotion you felt the sort of 
I don't know, that, the heightened emotion that they've had. I was down there when they beat Bath, actually, for the first time, and the place went absolutely mad. It was almost like they didn't deserve to beat them, but now they're starting to believe, they're starting to make step by step, and that's been their story, really. There's not been really one big, massive step in one year. They've gone stage by stage, built the squad, got a better style of play, developed their style of play, start to develop their stadium. It's always full. And there's a real emotion down there. You can feel it when you're in the stadium, almost like, a, like an old-school emotion that you used to have when nobody got paid to play the game. Mm. Um, they've become a very smart team, Jack, haven't they? And the way they got through that semi was very, very smart indeed. As I yeah. said, high emotions, and it was toing and froing the lead all the way during the game. It never, they never really got away, but it felt they just had the edge. Yeah, yeah they, they're smart. They're incredibly smart. I think that's why we find them tough to play, because... They've got good players and they work extremely hard, but they've got the smarts about them as well. Um, in the past, we've, we've tried certain things again. We tried kicking a lot at theirs um, and they just kicked it back on us and, until we made mistakes and they kind of squeezed us at our own game. So they're tough, you know, they're really, really tough side to play against and I've got a lot of respect for them. So um, it'll, be, it'll be another tough one this weekend, I reckon. Hey, we'll talk about Wasps as well in just a moment, but first of all, let's hear from both directors of rugby post-match. It's difficult to explain, really. I, I just said to the lads in the changing room, I don't, don't really know what to say because I'm a little bit emotionally drained by that last 20 minutes because it looked like it would look like it could be slow death for us, really, because we, we never really decided to play. We were getting into kick tennis and very defensive, um, but ultimately we've come through it. So it's a great credit to the players and I'd like to say a nice reward for a very good season, but there's another good game to play yet. You know, we pushed them really close and perhaps they were a little bit more clinical than us. Not when they had the opportunities, but as I said, you know, very disappointed change room. Unfortunately, there's nothing I can say to, to make them feel a little bit better. But, you know, I couldn't be proud of their efforts um, this season. Couldn't ask much more to the players, couldn't ask much more to the staff. Probably a little bit disappointed in myself because you know, I would have loved to get a final. You know, for the owner, Derek and Dawn have been fantastic. And for the supporters, have been fantastic. So I'm a little bit disappointed we couldn't get a final for them. So disappointed, Dai Yang. Um, I want to talk Will Treadley though, because Austin gave uh, Will Treadley man of the match, um, but there was an incident in the match in which he has been cited. I think the he hearing is tomorrow. What was your take on it, Ben? Uh, unfortunately, I think he could be in a bit of trouble. Not, there's no intent here at all to kick the man in the head. It's Joe Launchbury that he kicks in the head. He swings at the ball, but unfortunately, in the laws of the game and how they're refereed at the moment and how they're looked at by um, the panels that will investigate this. And I, I don't want to prejudice it, but I'm pretty sure none of them will be watching this show anyway. So, <laughs> how do you know? Uh, well, they might be, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you think back to when George North got knocked out um, by, was it Nathan, Nathan Hughes, Hughes who, yeah. who knocked him out? And again, actually, I think Nathan Hughes was, was less reckless because he was running over to the pitch and they gave him a weak ban. I, I, it's a very difficult... I think if he gets off, it will be one of those cases of we've let him off they've because it's the the, They've replaced the word accidental with reckless, and that's, then they give you a ban. <laughs> you got a bit of stick about it, didn't you? I did, yeah, but I, my job is to pick the person who plays the best in the game. It's not my job to cite the person or bring out something that shouldn't have happened. Yes, it maybe he shouldn't have been on the pitch, but he had a fantastic game when he was. It was also hard to pick a man of the match because so many of them just played out of their skins. Amongst them all, Jack Knoll, who joins us now from... Um, <laughs> is that your kitchen, Jack? Looks nice, actually. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, we'll talk about Will Chudley in a moment because that's a difficult one for you to talk about. But you yeah, have had a couple of days to think about that uh, semi-final victory and the final that awaits. What's the mood in camp now? Uh, you know, we probably a bit relieved. Um, you know, what's our quality side um, made it tough for us, but you know, at the end of the day, we're overly happy with what we've uh, achieved at the moment, and uh, to get to that final was the main goal for us. Uh, uh, yeah, and we're happy to be there. 
And you worked so hard to get a semi-final at home. You kind of had to make it pay, which you did. I just want to ask you about the atmosphere and what did you guys do afterwards? Yeah, that, that was probably, I, I've said it a lot of times now, that was probably the best I've ever had Sandy Park since being there. And I've been there nearly six years now and uh, I've never had it like that. Um, yeah, but, you know, Exeter, we, we've got a bit of a reputation uh, of, of how we are down here, um, social-wise. But, uh, you know, believe it or not, it was actually uh, quite a quiet one for us. We had a few drinks in the bar together after. Um, but, you know, the most important thing for us now is next weekend, so uh, we'll be saving it till then. Um, I don't expect you to reveal all your plans for next weekend against Saracens, but uh, can you give us a, an idea how you might play it? Yeah, a bit like how we played over the last couple of weeks, to be honest. You know, the conditions weren't the best last weekend, but, uh, you know, we want to play an exciting brand of rugby with ball in hand, and, uh, you know, hopefully the conditions are going to allow us to do that next weekend. A little bird told me as well that if you do win on Saturday, you're going to cut that tail off. Are you? Is that true? Can I bring my scissors? Can I do it in the post-match interview if that's the case? I have said, I have <laughs> promised the boys that I will cut it off if we win. Um, but I am going to donate it to Tom Waldrum. Obviously, he's going to get his hair sorted out. So <laughs> so. I love it. Um, Jack, I don't expect you to comment too much about Will Chudley and the fact that he's been cited and he's got a bit of a tough day ahead of him tomorrow. Difficult when that happens in the build up to a big game, I'd imagine. Yeah, it is. You know, we obviously didn't know too much about it at the time. Um, watching back at it now is, uh, is obviously a bit tough to watch. but. Yeah, like you said, it's not really for me to comment. We want him there for the final, um, but, you know, we'll find out tomorrow. Can I squeeze in here? I have a quick word with you, Andrew, because you were, well, we started half talking about it, didn't we? Um, out in the we club mentioned club. it. I, we did mention you, it. We did. Um, talk to me about this cycle you're doing with uh, our very own Lawrence. Well, the Delania Foundation has uh, run the cycle stand for, this is the fourth uh, year, uh, biennial. Um, Foundation, the Rugby Works programme, uh, works with uh, marginalised kids uh, from pupil referral units. Um, kids who have got challenging lives, personal lives, um, lacking confidence, and basically perhaps lost their way a bit in life, excluded from mainstream education. And so the Rugby Works programme, the coaches, they mentor these kids, they give them a sense of team, uh, a sense of belonging, work on social skills, with a view to employment. Uh, so they're getting prepped for life and giving them a chance. It's a, it's a really good. Some of them are here. Yeah, we've got some I believe they are. Yeah. Here, Come here. Let's have a look at you. Come on. Let's have a look. At you. <laughs> How you doing? You're well. Come on in. Come on in. We have this chat there. There we go. Um, oh, it's good to meet some of these guys. Yeah, we can. You can we keep chatting. I'll grab a microphone. Okay, okay. We'll talk to you in a second. Uh, so tell us, it's, it's a long old trip you're doing. We'll have a chat with these guys in a minute. It's a long old trip you're doing. Talk to us. Talk it to is us a long old trip. Yeah, it's. Uh, 1,800 kilometres, it's 32,500 metres of vertical. Uh, so that's the tough part. Wow. Um, and uh, Last Land raised over a million pounds um, for to help guys like these young men. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're on course for a, another big sum this time round. I think we've got a map, actually, of your journey. That a is. A total climb of 32,000 metres, is that right? Yeah. That is, yeah. That is unbelievable. Mental. We've got mental. a big day, day three, which is 4,600 metres, which is going to sort the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, have you done lots of training? I have done a fair bit, yeah. Because Austin's done loads. Yeah, he has. Has he told you as well? I bet he has, hasn't he? Oh, he's told most people, yeah, I think. Yeah, sure, yeah. You're in good shape. You're in good shape, actually. You could still whip the top off at a Club Tropicana bar and get away with it. Um, guys, give us your names. Give us your names. Um, my name's Will. I'm Ed. Uh, and I'm Reese. And talk to me about how you've benefited from, from this. Uh, well, Will and I are the coaches uh, for the foundation, uh, so we're in the pupil referral units every day, uh, working with these uh, young people that we work with. 
Um, we use sort of rugby as a tool to sort of make a relationship with them and then um, go on with them and do some employment, education, so that sort of stuff. Now, Lawrence is very busy at the moment because he's trying to plan this whole trip, but we have been given a phone number where we can ring him, hopefully. Uh, so let's call the number. Yeah, it's a foreign ring, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, hello? hello? Yeah, hello. Lawrence Delario, captain of England. Well, ex-captain of England. <laughs> Lawrence, how are you doing? Uh, we got Andrew in the studio with us tonight. Shame he couldn't be here. Uh, it's such a fantastic thing you're about to do. How's the training going? All right, sweetheart. All right, it's going really well so far. You know, I'm doing it for the kids. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long time, and uh, we raised a million pounds last year. And this year, unfortunately, I couldn't be there tonight to celebrate with you because I'm in a very very important business meeting. Very much so. Very much so. And uh, I've been meeting people in Germany uh, about business stuff, and uh, I really need to be there with them in Germany. So I'm yeah, sorry Lawrence, I couldn't I be with you and Sarah there tonight. Lawrence, can you describe exactly where you are? Just. <laughs> Exactly where you are. Oh, well, well, Doyle, I'm, uh, I'm in the lounge at Munich Airport, and it's, uh, it's lovely. A few people recognise me, signed a few autographs and all that, you know. And uh, it's, uh, it's a nice place out here. It's a really nice place here. Hello. Us? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just on the fence yeah. of white. You are, of course. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, just go on, finish that. Go on, off you go. There you go. Look, it's a, it's a really, really good cause. Please do get involved. You've heard how everyone's benefited from it. It's a serious, serious challenge, a major, major climb. So go to btsport.com, Delalio Cycle Slam, for more information. Do you know what we've got? What we got? We have got an England squad. Do you want to have a look at it? Yes, please. Uh, because there were a few surprises, Ben. Uh, what were the main surprises, would you say? Um, I don't know. I think, for me, probably the fact that Chris Ashton's not in there, I think, is, um, is finishing this year. I mean, Jacques would, would be very thankful to have him in his squad all year, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I think, um, especially over the years, Ed, it's the disappointment with um, not being in... Um, <laughs> not being in the in the squad of, of got suspended, you know, and he's been he's been brilliant, you know. I think he deserves to, to be in, in my team. I always have him there because he works incredibly hard and he finishes very well. So. And then from a forwards perspective, you've obviously got Ellis Genge, only just arrived at Leicester from Bristol this year on trial, um, but you know, I was impressed at Leicester very much. So, but one for the future. Carl Sinclair as well gets his first um, go in the England squad, probably just to go there. Um, although Paul Hill's very inexperienced as well, go there and experience what it's like to tour with England, get involved with the squad for the first time. He could become, uh, potentially become the sort of player that would be a good impact off the bench. In particular, we've seen him score a couple of tries recently coming off the bench. So they're probably the, the biggest surprises. Um, talk us through the pack then. Well, you think. I mean, obviously, Joe Marler ruled himself out the tour. So Mako Vunapola, Hartley, Cole. This is what I think Eddie Jones at the moment is probably thinking for his first test side against Australia. Not too many changes from what's happened uh, with it, in, in, to win him the Grand Slam in the first place. Having said that, I think it's going to be very different against Wales. Obviously, you're not going to have the Saracens players there, not going to be allowed, allowed to play. But on Sunday, I could see them resting Rob Shaw and Haskell and just giving these two guys, Harrison and Clifford, wherever they play, they can both play six or seven, just to give them a go. Now, if one of those two players really shines and then he plays in the first test match, he plays in the first test match with Haskell and Rob Shaw and one of them doesn't quite perform, then suddenly... He's got a selection decision to make for the second test, and that could be how these guys force themselves in to a starting berth. I guess the interesting one at the moment, Billy Vunapola nailed on number eight after his performances this year. But two days after the tour, Nathan Hughes 
qualifies as an English player. Now, what's he going to do? Is he going to use one of them as an impact sub if he actually goes with Hughes? But if he does, or might he even consider moving Billy Vonopola to six, moving Nathan Hughes to six to get two big ball carriers into the game? So he's got a lot of options. And I guess at this stage of his tenure, it's a chance to try out all those different options and decide where he wants to go moving forward. He loves that competition, doesn't he? Yeah. Competition for places. And he's kind of he's spoiled now. He's got an embarrassment to riches there. So different to a year ago. So many guys finding great form now. Same applies to the backs. Big surprises we spoke about Marlon Yard in. Ashton out. Ben Teo in as well. Leinster had a funny old season, Oz, but obviously he's been keeping an eye on things. They've had a good run in the last couple of months. He's in on the tour. Well, yeah, he gave us a bit of a heads up, didn't he, Eddie Jones, quite a few weeks ago. He's in. He's a big ball carrier, similar to Manu Tuolangi. Could play them side by side, actually, the way they've been playing for Leinster. Um, but I think that the squad's taken its shape. I do agree. I'm amazed that Ashton's not in the squad. You know, I played on the wing a number of times for England, and if I had the skills that this guy's had, I would have had a lot more caps. He is phenomenal this season. No one finishes like him. He's the best finisher at sniffing out tries. We saw that at the weekend. He scored a tri two tries that most of the wingers wouldn't have finished, and I'm amazed he's not in the squad. There, but I'll go through the bat line where we are just as well. Uh, the, the, the irony I just spotted of Tio being in there, and he was a teammate of Sam Burgess when they won the yeah. league. Uh, yeah, but he's, had, you know, he's got a bit more experience now, hasn't he? I don't yeah, think Eddie yeah. Jones would have thrown Burgess in the same way that Lancaster did. But let's throw that the back line. Ben Young's in at nine for me. Um, started pretty well. Relatively physical. Didn't have a great game at the weekend against Saracens. Danny Kerr back to a little bit of form. I'm surprised that Dan Robson actually doesn't get a bit more of a look in. Uh, or even Chudley. They're both very, very good scrum halves. And there's lots to choose from there. So it's about keeping that pressure on. I think this could end up being the axis at 10-12 that he stays with. Farrell and Slade. Slade's a, a gifted player. Big game at the weekend required by him, though, to show that he's ready to go on that tour and make a start. Uh, Joseph, he likes. Uh, Watson on the right wing. Noel, probably the best winger at the minute in England. Well, without doubt, the best winger in, in England at the minute. And then Good, the best fullback. And I think uh, Good has to start. He's showed a, a greater skill. I just think, though, if you're going to play Good at fullback, you have to play Ashton with him because this guy creates space and creates opportunities that only this guy sniffs out. And I would have liked to have seen them playing together for England. Uh, Jack, you don't have to look so nervous there from your kitchen. You've made the team. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in, uh, according to the lads here. Um, first of all, your, your take on the squad, particularly the back line. How's it look to you? Uh, you know, I think it's gonna, uh, it looks exciting. Um, you know, when you've got boys like Joseph Slade and all at the moment playing well in the centre, I think that's the, the key thing. And, you know, the way Youngs is playing these last few games, you know, it all comes from there at the start. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Jack, you've played against Chris Ashton, you've played against Marlon Yard. How different are they as players, as wingers? Yeah, Marlon's a, he's a, he's a strong winger, you know, he pops up anywhere. Uh, a bit like Ashton, but he's yeah, a bit different. Obviously, Marlon prefers going through the traffic and he's, he's, uh, he's this type of player like that. But, you know, whereas Ashton, like Austin said, he's, he pops up anywhere and can pretty much finish anything at the moment. He's been on great form this season. Jack, thanks for joining us. It could be the last time we see that rat's tail, of course, if you win, <laughs> win on we'll Saturday. Take care of yourself. I let Thank you go back to the piece Jack. in the kitchen. Good luck on the weekend. Yeah. Um, Jack, just, just very quickly, there was a line from Eddie Jones about Chris Ashton. He said there's certain things in his game he needs to work on, he needs to improve. He said it's secret between himself and Chris. What do you think they are, though, as a, as a former teammate of Chris Ashton's? Well, I think the obvious thing is obviously his discipline, you know, he's a bit of a fiery character and he gets himself into trouble every now and again. But I mean, that's the competitiveness that he wants in his team, you know, if you look at this squad throughout, you know, if you look at Dylan, he's a fiery character, you know, but he, he gets stuck in, you know, he brings, he brings every weekend, you know, what he get out of him. And I think that's what Ash has. This, this probably, probably would say, people say he's defence maybe, I know that's, that's something people say he's not good enough with, but I mean, 
I think he's pretty well-rounded for me. Like, I, I want him in my team any day, any day of the week. You're a massive, massive Ashton fan, aren't you? Yeah, I never was, though, and, uh, you know, he's really converted me. But <laughs> unless you've played on the wing, you have to understand some of the unseen work that he does. So at the weekend, Leicester made a break up the outside uh, from, the Saras from their own 22. Beetham went round the corner. And normally, you just distribute to your winger on the outside. But if you watch the line that Ashton runs, he runs a line where he dips inside the winger so the pass isn't on. That isolates the ball carrier. Now, that is good defence. It's not making a tackle. It's not hitting someone back in. But it's actually more skilled defence than anyone one can tackle, but to run that line and have the pace to get there to make that block, you have to be better than the other wingers, and he's better than the other wingers. A lot of people are quite critical of his defence, so that's what I put a tweet out there, why he's, you know, I'm surprised he's not in, and a lot of people said he can't defend. He might miss the odd tackle, but if you look at how Saracens defend, they go up hard in the middle, and that means they haven't got as much width, so they isolate him, so he then has to make a decision, do I hinge in, and sometimes he gets left on his own, and he just has to gamble one way or the other, so he's not... Maybe in a different team, he might not look as bad a defender as some people perceive him to be at Saracen. I just don't like the way people judge Chris Ashton, the man. Neil Francis wrote in the paper over in Ireland during the week, disgraceful writing, he said, you know, I just don't like Chris Ashton as a bloke. You don't know him. Chris Ashton, as you know, Jack, is a really nice guy and, uh, you know, something I do feel for him in this case. But look, there are tours happening all around the world this summer, yeah, Sarah, aren't there? Everyone's off on their travels, right? Yeah, shall we have a look at them? Let's have a look at them, yeah, let's okay. do that. OK, where, where's your fellow off to? My friend's off to South Africa. Ah. For three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Um, yeah, we're have to you go read that, sir. You've yes. better eyesight oh, than gosh, me. I haven't. I've got a terrible eyesight. So, obviously, we know, of course, England have got three tests in Australia. And then Wales. We're off to New Zealand. Three tests for them. They're big, big old tour, that. Um, Ireland, South Africa. They're all big tours, though, Craig, aren't they? Three tests for them over there. Scotland will be going to Japan. France, they head to Argentina. And really interesting for Conor O'Shea, because he starts work next week with Italy and he goes off on tour. His first job with his new, his new position with the Italian team is to go off on a tour with them and he's resting a lot of key men and that is going to be an interesting time indeed. It will indeed. Okay, so back to the here and now. Indeed. Then. indeed. Uh, we're all really looking forward, obviously, to next weekend. It's the Viva Premier Final live from HQ. We're so excited. We will be there, of course, Saracens, who are going for the double. Will they be crowned Premiership champions as well as European champions or will the Exeter Chiefs in their first ever final steal the show? Yeah, the final's coming your way on BT Sport 1 HD and UHD this Saturday, 2 o'clock, we're on, there, on air. All the team are going to be there. Great setup, a big live stage, a real, real cup day. It should not be missed, it cannot be missed. All for a 3 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be fantastic stuff. I cannot wait for this final, lads. It's, uh, it's a great one for the neutral as well. First of all, your Saracens, Jack. How are they going to play it? <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a massive battle. I think they're, close, they're very close, both of them. You know, Exodus played some brilliant rugby throughout the year. Throughout the build-up to to this final, you know, they deserve to be in the final, and um, we're on on the brink of something really special. You know that double we've been chasing for a while, and a couple of years ago, the disappointment of losing both finals so close to each other, and now having the opportunity to get that is is something that you won't get often again. So I mean, we're going to grasp every opportunity. We know Saris are like some sort of machine this season; they've been unstoppable. Um, if Exeter are to beat them, Oz, how do they do it? Well, I think the easiest way to do it is to play Saris at their own game and see who breaks first. Jack said that there was a kicking um, duel, if you like, the last time they played. Long kick, 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 kick. It could be a bit of a bore-off. Don't want to say that when you're sort of promoting a game at the weekend, but <laughs> if Exeter go there to try and kick and win, that could be a tactic, or you score early and quickly against Saris, and uh, we've seen sides do that. Ben, yeah, your thoughts? I just think if, if Exeter can camp in Saracens 22, they have the game, both with their driving line-outs, but also the pick-and-go game, which Leicester scored against Saracens in the semi-final. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. That's all for this season. We'll see you after the summer. Have a great time. Bye-bye.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.